this is Grant Winneravage, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. The two-week weather outlook for the Midwest looks uh, wetter than advertised yesterday. World Weather Incorporated saying a succession of regular disturbances is expected to bring mostly light precipitation from the southwestern plains into the eastern Corn Belt. A mix of rain and snow will fall from Kansas to northern Ohio into tomorrow with another system expected to bring more moisture beginning Sunday in, in Monday. Other than occasional pockets of some light snow, the northern plains expected to be mostly dry through next week. The Midwest and northern plains have seen a series of weather events so far this winter. Nutrient Egg Solutions meteorologist Andrew Pritchard expects that pattern to continue. And the big question is, is that going to keep going, not just across the northern plains, but parts of the western U.S. where they badly need some moisture, and the same thing down into the, uh, the central and southern plains. And the short answer is the pattern remains active. We've got a very intense extended jet stream across the Pacific Ocean that's delivering a lot of moisture to the western U.S. and at times that will send storm systems across the Rockies into the middle of the United States and that's what gives us that snow across the northern plains. So it's going to be a dry couple of weeks here. Uh, not completely dry. We'll see some shots of snow here but as we head into the end of January, February and March we do expect an active weather pattern to continue to deliver those chances for snow and moisture across the northern plains. Pritchard says these winter storms are very beneficial for soil moisture. It kind of depends on when we do it. You know, there are times where it's maybe not ideal, but building up a big snowpack through the winter and then in a perfect world, kind of just slowly letting that melt and then soak into the soil as we, we start to warm back up. Some of it does run off. We do see flooding in the rivers, but, but having a thick snowpack as we come out of the winter across the northern plains, that's huge and getting us off to a good start in the, uh, the spring and then on into the summer where, you know, then we start to run that risk of heat and dryness. We want to protect against that with a very active and wet winter. Rain in Argentina will be too infrequent and too light for lasting crop improvement. World Weather Incorporated says rains will return Friday in some of Argentina's western and northern areas, but soil moisture will quickly dry out with temperatures climbing into the 90s and low 100s. World Weather says a large part of the country should receive some rain beginning January 19th through the 25th. The weather forecast continues to be favorable for crop development in Brazil. World Weather Incorporated says much of Brazil will see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, keeping favorable moisture conditions for most crops while slowing early soybean harvest in Mato Grosso. Some crops in southern Brazil will see increasing crop stress until rains return later this week, with showers and thunderstorms in the forecast tomorrow through next Monday. The Small Grains Update Tour continues today in Ada, Minnesota at the Norman County Ag Day. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Joining me here is Alex Trinnell, Minnesota Corn Growers Public Policy Specialist at the Norman County Crops Day, the Small Grains Update. Talking a little bit about some legislative happenings right now. What are some of the, the big things that Minnesota Corn is keeping an eye on here during this session that started just, just a week ago? 
Yeah, Whitney, thank you. And yeah, really glad to be up here in Norman County for the small grains update. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the legislature just uh, came into session last Tuesday. Um, looking forward to kind of the next few months as they craft the state budget. You know, there's going to be some impacts on ag. You know, there's going to be some defense that we're playing. Uh, but, you know, there's really areas where we feel like agriculture can be playing offense on when we're talking about soil health initiatives. We really feel like farmers should be the ones at the forefront of those discussions as the ones who will be in implementing those practices, you know, keeping those, you know, uh, voluntary, but also all of the above that kind of fits with their operation and allow them to kind of experiment so with some of these newer techniques and practices that folks have been uh, kind of wanting to implement uh, the last few years. You talked a little bit too about the the leadership trend here after this midterm election. We've got uh, leadership in both the House and Senate Ag Committees. Well, I'm optimistic. You know, there, there has been a shift to the last you know 10, uh, 15 years when it comes to you know where members of each party are coming from. Uh, the rural areas have really uh, kind of used to split between the DFL and GOP. We're seeing less and less DFL members from Greater Minnesota, uh, but we still really feel like there's opportunities within the Agriculture Committee to promote uh, you know promote uh, production agriculture. You know, Senator Eric Putnam from St. Cloud is someone who I'm really looking forward to work, working with. I think he really wants to promote innovation in agriculture, and we're looking forward to working with him over there. And Representative Samantha Vang will be leading the committee over in the House. She's from Brooklyn Center. Uh, but she is someone who I think is really interested in what's going on when it comes to agriculture. We were really excited uh, when she came out this fall to one of our members' farms. I think she's really uh, interested in learning, learning more about agriculture that, and how it impacts the entire state. All right. Anything else that you want to add here and, and make sure our listeners are paying attention to here this, this year? No, Whitney, uh, you know, you can, uh, I would encourage folks to, you know, go to our website, mncorn.org. You can sign up for leader updates uh, as well as follow, up, follow our blog to uh, kind of uh, continue to learn what's going on at the legislature this year. All right. Thank you very much. That is Alex Trunell, with, uh, public policy specialist with the Minnesota Corn Growers Association, uh, reporting from Ada, Minnesota at the Small Grains Update. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Basis bids at the six regional grain elevators followed by the Red River Farm Network saw minor changes from two weeks ago. Spring wheat basis bids range from 40 under to 5 cents under the March Minneapolis futures contract. The corn basis ranges from 25 to 35 cents under the March corn contract. And the soybean basis ranges from 70 under to 8 cents under the March soybean contract. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Members of the American Farm Bureau Federation are heading home from convention today. American Farm Bureau Vice President Scott Vanderwall says priorities were voted on yesterday afternoon. Our delegates uh, decided to uh, uh, modernize or, or, or take a position in favor of modernizing the farm bill by expanding the baseline funding uh, to a modest level and developing more flexible disaster relief programs and extending protection to more specialty crops. And that's something we've heard people talking about, and that's what our delegates put in the book now. They also voted to bring a little more transparency to the milk, federal milk marketing pricing system. Uh, we've done a lot of that, a lot of work on that over the last year, and so we've got updated policy in the book on that now. Labor issues also addressed at convention. Right up at the top of the priority list will be labor issues and immigration, and uh, that's something that we've been working on for a long time, and uh, unfortunately it didn't pass through Congress before the end of the year uh, to fix our uh, H-2A system and some of the issues that our people that hire immigrant labor go through. Uh, but we'll keep working on that and looking to find uh, uh, 
sponsors that can start new legislation there. Also, obviously, the Farm Bill is going to be a huge priority for us this year. It's going to expire in September of 23, and so we'll be working with Congress and the administration to hopefully get that the new Farm Bill put in place and not just put an extension on it and kick the can down the road. South Dakota Pork Producers Congress is happening today and tomorrow in Sioux Falls. South Dakota Pork Producers Council Executive Director Glenn Muller highlights the business meeting and seminars that are happening. Well, we have our two-day annual meeting and trade show going on right now, and we have our business sector along with seminars today and tomorrow, and our trade show floor is full of exhibitors exhibiting their products for our producers and we're excited to have the good weather and uh, got a nice crowd. We've constantly been growing. We have the natural resources here in South Dakota to grow the industry, and we've seen a strong interest to expand the pork industry in South Dakota, and, and uh, we look forward to that continuing in the future. Muller says sustainability, animal health, and more are the focus on the seminars. Well, currently we have a sustainability seminar going on where we're talking about the value of sustainability and how you convert what you're doing into real profits for your operation. We also have a marketing seminar coming up with Dr. Steve Myers and Joe Kearns tomorrow. And we, then we also have a seminar based on the swine health status in South Dakota, where we will have our state veterinarian, the director of our diagnostic lab, as well as the National Pork Board veterinarian and the National Pork Producers Council veterinarian represented on the panel to discuss the health status and also look at preparedness for porn animal diseases. Sunflower Research Forum underway in Fargo this week. National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Sandbachen is looking forward to seeing the results of the National Sunflower Association's funded research. Well, you know, over the next two days, we're, we're all the researchers that NSA has funded uh, for various projects, whether it be on disease-related research or on entomology or on economic practices, we get together once a year so everybody shares the research results they've gotten from the different field studies that they've done during the year. And it's just a gathering of all, all the different people across the United States that work on sunflower research. Sandbach and says researchers are focused on developing new insecticides for sunflowers. You know, when you look at insecticides and different things that are on insect research, you know, sunflower is one of the crops that lost the ability to use uh, chlorpyrifos or lorsban, as most people know. And so one of the things we're working on is we're looking at, you know, what, what are some potential new insecticides that would be available to producers to, to work with red sunflower seed weevil and other insects, um, and then also looking at planting dates. Does it make sense to try to plant earlier to avoid some of these insect issues? And so we funded research on both those areas. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture announced that state-specific use restrictions for three dicamba herbicide products will remain the same for the 2023 growing season. The restrictions on Ingenia by BASF, Tavium by Syngenta, and Extendamax by Bayer are aimed to help curb off-site movement of these products. No application of these products can be made south of I-94 after June 12, 2023, or north of I-94 use is prohibited after June 30th of 2023. The applications also can't be used if the air temperature of the field is over 85 degrees Fahrenheit. This is the Red River Farm Network. 
Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Small delegation of Minnesota and North Dakota farmers is in Thailand to promote the advantages of northern grown soybeans. Northern Soy Marketing Chair Patrick O'Leary sees a lot of potential in that market. 2021 crop year, the total market in, in Thailand was about 4.1 million metric tons of soybeans and about 2.9 million metric tons of, of soybean meal. Um, the U.S. marketed about one-fourth of those. One-fourth of those beans used were, were U.S. beans, and, and no meal was imported. So there's there's quite an opportunity for expansion of the market, um, and it's just finding the, the, the customers that will work with us and understand what we're doing, and I think there's a, a significant opportunity here. Soybeans have traditionally been sold on a crude protein basis, when beans grown in the upper Midwest usually have lower levels of crude protein, but higher in the essential amino acids. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interest in, in looking at the amino acids and the quality of it. It's, it's a challenge when you're in, in countries where some of the regulations that the government has kind of dictate the use of the crude protein, but yet the bringing this message and having them understand it allows them to learn more and, and start to understand how they can incorporate it even in, even into the feeds as the regulations may adjust or even with the current regulations, there's ways to use our products and, and make it very successful for them. The Energy Information Administration's weekly report shows ethanol production during the week ending January 6th at 943,000 barrels per day. That's 99,000 barrels per day more than the previous week, but 63,000 barrels less than the same week last year. Ethanol stocks fell 600,000 barrels to 23.8 million barrels. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. March wheat, Minneapolis, four cents higher, eight ninety-eight and a half. Chicago March is up eight cents in Kansas City. March wheat's nine and a quarter higher. March corn, penny and a quarter higher at six fifty-six and a quarter. New crop December up a half penny at five eighty-nine and three quarters. March soybeans, nine and a half higher at fourteen ninety-four and a half. July up seven and a half at fourteen ninety-nine. March canola is down six dollars twenty cents a metric ton, eight thirty-five forty Canadian. February live cattle, five cents higher, one fifty-seven. 785. January feeder cattle down a dollar and 12 cents and February lean hogs down 52 cents. Thanks for joining us. This is the Red River Farm Network.